You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. We are here at the University of Mary um, enjoying, I'm going to say it one more time, the sunshine, Ed. <laughs> because we don't see any snow. No snow. Um, I'm Karen Slensky along with Ed Konichka from the, the University of Mary. He's the Assistant Director of University Ministries. And we've had a very, I think, exciting, beautiful show this morning. This yeah, You know, the Vocations Jamboree starts today here at the University of Mary. And we're going to have some great, great people out here. Um, public is welcome today yep. and tomorrow. Today and tomorrow. T- yep. Yeah. Tonight, tomorrow night. Yeah. So, you know, join us if you can. Um, Real Presence Radio will also be here. So we'd love to visit with any of you that are our listeners as well. We met um, a wonderful student last year that um, goes back and forth with her grandma with um, what Real Presence Radio does for them as a family. So it's pretty cool. And, and I mentioned the two evening events and said, you know, those are for the public. If there's somebody at home who's got younger kids and they want to bring them anytime during the day, they can certainly do that. Awesome. It's open. The expo is open from 11 on, and so okay. people are free to come anytime. And that starts tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yep. Okay. Awesome. So uh, we have our next guest here, um, Marianne Hofer. She is an employee here at the University of Mary, and she leads the discernment groups um, and many other things as well that she's going to share with us. So welcome, Marianne. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, good to see you. So this is fun, but also playfully like a little bittersweet, right? <laughs> uh, for, was it four years? Were you in the office for four Four and years? a half, yeah. So Marianne, uh, when she graduated, uh, took a position in the ministry office. And so Marianne and I have done, uh, we've executed uh, most of the ministry underneath Father Bach and Father Shea. The last four years we worked together. Uh, and recently she uh, filled a need in the president's office. Oh, and wow. so in January, uh, she left our office. We're sad about that because it was so much fun working together. Uh, it's great to have somebody uh, who's a collaborator in the president's office. That's, sure. you know, I mean, playful but serious there. Uh, but she has a lot uh of goodness in her life and and uh is a friend and so this is fun to do uh so marianne uh, i don't want to get too far ahead so let's just let you start uh um, tell for the listeners who are you uh what brought you here because you're not from uh bismarck right mm-hmm. what brought you to, to you mary and a little bit of your story yeah so uh i am originally from rapid city in south dakota the black hills and i'm the youngest of five children uh, and I went to Catholic school there, grade school through high school at St. Elizabeth Ann Seton and then St. Thomas More. I graduated and came up to the University of Mary as a freshman and uh, was completely blown away uh, by what a university could do and what a Catholic university could do uh, for me and for uh, my peers. And so after my first year as a freshman, I never wanted to leave uh, the University of Mary. And I've been making that dream come true <laughs> uh, ever since. So, I uh, yeah, I studied mathematics and philosophy here, uh, and just unbelievably um, transformed by my experience. And so, uh, my senior year, uh, didn't want to leave, but knew that uh, the only way to stay here at the university would uh, ultimately to get a PhD and come back and teach. And so that was my plan wanted to go get a PhD in mathematics and then come back and teach. Uh, in the midst of that, and we'll probably get to this a little bit later, there was a, a calling, a vocational calling that uh, also let me stay at the University of Mary, uh, but took me a little bit of a different direction. So I graduated and then um, worked for a year in university ministry. After that first year, started the Catholic Studies Master's Program here at the University of Mary. Graduated from that in 2021. 
and then started uh, teaching a tutorial. It's called a one-credit class on vocation uh, in the Catholic Studies program and continued working with university ministry throughout. And uh, then, yes, as, as you mentioned, Ed, uh, in January, I just transitioned over to the office of the president. So uh, still at the University of Mary and then, uh, yeah, still teaching. Wow. Fantastic. Sounds like you have an amazing journey, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> it's been very beautiful. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So the, um, what, what I've always been amazed with, Marianne, is that you, um, your eyes are opened in a different way than a lot of students here, uh, or at least you're able to express. Um, a lot of students come in, they receive great things, but you've always you, you expressed an ability to see it. And you see what the university is trying to do and what's been given to you. Uh, and then I think that's instilled in you a desire to return that. You know, can you say anything about that? Or Absolutely. Is it, so, yeah. And I think that was part of the transformation that happened my freshman year was uh, my eyes and my mind just really expanding to realize that uh, what a university can do for the human person in giving them a vision of their whole life that I wasn't just here to learn information, uh, to get trained in something. I was being formed as a whole person, and I just started to notice uh, everything that the university was doing was, was aimed toward my uh, formation, my flourishing. And the more I drank in of that, the more I was being filled, the more I felt like I was going to explode <laughs> if, I didn't, if I didn't give back. And, and I wanted to give to some students, or to as many students as I could, what I had experienced. I wanted to give, I wanted to give back some uh, fraction of what I'd received uh, to, to do the same kind of transformative formation for other people. And so uh, I was super grateful for the opportunity to, uh, and I am still super grateful for the opportunity to get to serve students. So um, you teased it a little bit. Let's... Uh Let's look at your vocation story. You, you mentioned that you get to stay here in a different way now. So you yeah. want to talk about that? Sure. So, yeah, as I said, I was a senior in college and uh, had really just deeply fallen in love with the intellectual life here. I uh, was, was studying mathematics and philosophy and just finding that uh, my mind was really coming alive and uh, in a beautiful way was being integrated into my prayer that my studies, even though they weren't theology, my, my studies were driving me to prayer, and my prayer was driving me to study, and there was this, there was this beautiful kind of marriage happening between those two. Um, and I had felt from, from the time I was pretty young uh, a certain call to religious life, and I had been uh, really blessed in the Diocese of Rapid City to have all sorts of opportunities to get to meet uh, religious sisters through, we had a summer uh, program for, it's called Totus Tuis in our diocese, uh, a week-long vocations uh, camp for women and for men. And so I just grew up kind of with that being um, around and present. And so felt as a young person this this kind of call that I, the Lord was, the Lord was doing something bigger in my life than, than I at first realized. And so I was seriously discerning in high school and was super interested in, in a religious community and uh, went and visited them and just uh, discerned that I wasn't ready yet. Uh, I wasn't ready and also there was something about that community that maybe wasn't the right fit for me. And so I ended up at the University of Mary, was completely transformed again that just that freshman year. And, 
And then uh, throughout my time at the university, as my prayer life was deepening, the vocational call was kind of intensifying, exploding in me, um, feeling like I have, to, I have to give God more. I have to give him more or I'm going to die. <laughs> I'm going to explode. Uh, he's giving me so much. Uh, and so I kept, I kept pursuing these religious communities and, and looking into other charisms uh, and just wasn't, wasn't finding a fit. Uh, so then uh, that's when I, I kind of threw my hands up and said, you know what, I'm just going to pursue uh, graduate school. I'm still open to religious life, but uh, I'm going to pursue what I know I can do <laughs> if the Lord's not going to make anything clear about religious life. And so I uh, began pursuing, uh, applying for graduate schools. In the midst of that uh, was when this call came to uh, start a new community, uh, which I, it didn't come to me. It, it came to someone else who invited me into it. Um, and uh, a group of us young women were invited into this new charism called the Benedictine Oblates of Mary, that's the name of our community, where we would unite, and you'll, you'll see how funny this is, the, the charism is to unite the intellectual life with the spiritual life. That mm. uh, the, the encounter with Jesus in prayer is to be deeply connected to the encounter of Jesus in study. The person who says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, that my, my love of study and, and the way my mind was coming alive in the classroom was an encounter with a person, not just ideas, with a person. Um, and, and so this charism was to unite those two, specifically with the, the call to repent for academic pride, <laughs> which, is what, which pierced me very deeply. The, the way that pride in the academy can really do a lot of damage to a university, especially a Catholic university. And so this charism is a group of women who together are uh, repenting, first for ourselves, on behalf of uh, our own, our own uh, patterns of, of pride and, and sin, uh, but then to be a beacon of that same kind of repentance for the rest of the university and uh, for all academics. So one of the fun things wow. is, yeah, isn't that, it's deep. I'm just mesmerized. It's, it's, yes. <laughs> Yeah, but their their uh, acronym is the best ever, right? <laughs> They're the Benedictine Oblates of Mary, so they literally are the bomb. Oh, right? how cool it's, is it's that? It's great. It's great fun. It's uh, not an official acronym. It's, it's not. It's I, know, I know. I know. Yeah. I know. I know. Uh, but their house is the bomb house. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. for students, that's great for college students. Right? Yeah. Students yes. have fun with that. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, I, I don't know if I've heard you say it many times, but. Uh, I, I know I've heard you say it, you know, at least once, uh, a commitment to Mary mm -hmm. and to Mary, right? Yes. Can you speak on that? Yeah, right at the heart of the, right at the heart of the charism uh, is this reality that the University of Mary is Mary herself. So the way that this place transforms students, brings them in, nurtures them, uh, invites them into a deeper encounter with Jesus is because it's the mother, Mary, doing all of that. She's the one holding all of us here. Um, and so as the Benedictine Oblates of Mary, there's a double meaning there, uh, of Mary, the mother of God, who we also believe in this mysterious way is this place. She is the University of Mary. We have just outside the window where we're sitting, uh, our Marian Grotto, at the heart of our campus, the kind of heartbeat uh, where students come day in and day out to bring and entrust to Mary all their burdens and their joys. Um, and, and she's here at the center for a reason, uh, because we, we want her mantle to be around everything that's happening here and to, to be bringing all of it, uh, integrating all of it into the heart of her son. 
Yeah, that's just amazing. I, I, um, again, you know, you're right. We're on the radio, but I'm mesmerized. Mm -hmm. I, my heart is full. Um, just the power of prayer, you can tell, which is, you know, just amazing. And and you know, huge accolades to you Mm -hmm. as a leader to get this, you know, up and running. I mean, what what a beautiful story, honestly. So we're going to take a quick break. We have more to visit with you about. Um, Great story here um, with Marianne Hofer from the um, University of Mary. So stay with us. Stay tuned. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. Um, so glad you joined us here today. We are at the University of Mary getting ready for the Vocations Jamboree. I'm Karen Slensky along with Ed Knitschka. And we just had some wonderful guests today. Um, the Holy Spirit is moving out here. We um, are very blessed. The power of prayer. Um, again, we are very blessed with the guests we've had today. So, yeah. We are visiting with Marianne Hofer from the University of Mary. And um, I'm going to let Ed visit more. She has got some great Yep. Additional information to share with us. Yeah, so right before break, Marianne, you were talking about commitment to Mary and to Mary. Uh, and I've heard you express that uh, in the past as a commitment to this place. Like it is your desire, your experience and call to here. Which makes me think about our Benedictine sisters who founded us. Yes, of course. Uh, you know, the, the story that I was told about, they used the field stones from the ground around us to build this chapel. And, you know, a lot of people... You know, there's comments about the architecture. Like, everything here is cement. Yeah, because it's not going anywhere. Like, we had the fire. And I was like, what? You can't burn this place. I think this place can't be burned. It's just here. They've made that commitment. And I hear that. And, and, you're, so, and you use the word oblate. Maybe just unfold that a little bit. Yeah, of course. So, yeah, our full name is Benedictine Oblates of Mary. And, and so we touched on the of Mary part there. Uh, but the first half, Benedictine Oblates, refers to... Uh, the way that our community is connected to the founding sisters, Benedictine, the Benedictine Sisters of Annunciation Monastery, who founded the University of Mary in 1959 and continue to sponsor it today. Uh, and so we, our community, is, is blessed to be able to be oblates of that monastery. Uh, and an oblate goes way, way back to the earliest days of, of Benedictine monasticism, where uh, people wanted to be part of the community, uh, the surrounding people of the of the monastery wanted to be part of the monastery, but couldn't always uh, make the full vows. And so an oblate, it, most of us would understand the term third order, you know, like a Franciscan, Dominican, or Carmelite third order. Uh, oblates, Benedictines have been around so long that they don't have a term like that. They they were had oblates first. And so it was a way for a person to make an oblation or an offering of themselves to God uh, at the monastery where they would live the the rule of St. Benedict and the spirituality of the Benedictines in a modified way for their own, maybe it's a family life or a, or a different way of life. And so there's lots of oblates. Uh, and, and to be an oblate uh, just in general doesn't mean that uh, you're a consecrated person. It would mean that you're associated with the monastery and you, and you uh, kind of are formed in the Benedictine tradition. Uh, so a married person can be an oblate, uh, a priest could be an oblate, uh, any lay person could be an oblate. Our community, though, takes a kind of a, a, a more uh, intense uh, kind of approach to this, where we are oblates in that sense, but also we are a, a cons- we're going to be a consecrated community. So, community of women who are consecrated to Jesus, uh, but also are, are oblates of the monastery. So, we're kind of this uh, smaller category within the bigger category of oblates. 
and it's been beautiful. Uh, our history is, is, is really beautiful to work alongside the sisters. And so right at the beginning when all this was unfolding, we got to work with Sister Thomas Welder. Many of, uh, I'm sure the listeners here would, sure. would know who yep. she is. Uh, the, the former president right before Monsignor Shea, Sister Thomas, just uh, an anchor uh, of Benedictine life here in Bismarck. Uh, she, she did so much to transform uh, the University of Mary and her legacy is, is just unbelievable. And so she and the prioress, Sister Nicole, worked with, with the, the really young women of us <laughs> uh, to, to help us kind of right here at the beginning. Uh, and then uh, we, we're just super blessed. Every Sunday we get to go over to the monastery and uh, have Sunday evening prayer and dinner with the sisters. And so it's oh, been just cool. a, a real blessing to get to know them, to experience their stability and their faithfulness, uh, the way that uh, their, their prayer allows the university to do what it does. Uh, the, the witness of their faithfulness to their monastic life, uh, it just it works wonders. And so we're super blessed. And part of our charism is to foster gratitude uh, for our founding sisters, uh, to, to, to really reveal what a blessing they are and how blessed the university is to have them as our founders. So, and that is beautiful. This will be a little bit jarring because I'm just going to switch, right? Uh, and I want you to, to be able to tell that story. But also, you know, we're getting the, the time where we've got a couple minutes left here in the program. Uh, Vocation Jamboree, you, as activities coordinator, you actually ran it for That's three, right. three or four. Four years. Four yeah. years you ran the event. Uh, and uh, any fruit that you saw in that and stories from students that you, or did you have a favorite part or... Um, you also teach a class on vocations, uh, that one credit you said. That's right. Um, how, how do our students discern religious life, maybe uniquely to here, or what's your, what's your favorite part of that? Of course. So what I notice in our students, and I notice it also from myself and my experience here, the students here are just chock full of life. They're receiving so much. And they're bursting at the seams. They're, they're, like I said, they're going to die if they don't find a way to give themselves away. And so uh, what I love about the Vocations Jamboree is here today, I think we have about, we're going to have about 50 communities total on, on our campus. Here are a, a, such an array of charisms and, and different um, services to the church that these students can, to, can uh, pour their lives out into. And yes, you're right, I do teach a, a tutorial, a vocation class, and, and I lead a discernment group um, with, with some young women. And what I notice our students uh, kind of pondering and wrestling with is uh, needing, I, I, I find that we need to maybe move away from all, all these things that cause anxiety, like what is God calling me to, or uh, what am I supposed to do with my life? And maybe ask a first question, uh, this is what Monsignor Shea always says, uh, not, God, what are you calling me to, but if you called me, would I go? Yeah. Th that has to be the first question, because if the answer to that is no, it would be a disservice for God to call someone. If they're not ready to, to listen to him and to trust him, it, would, it, wouldn't be, it wouldn't be fatherly for him to reveal what he wants for them. Mm. So, so helping our students see that what they first need is a great desire for holiness. That, that fundamental vocation, which doesn't mean just generic or like least important, it actually means the most important, the thing that matters more than anything else, that all vocations are ultimately trying to, to give, which is communion with God, that that's what we're, we're made for. And any vocation that we're called to is about deepening that. It's not about figuring your life out or trying to like succeed at what, what you think you're supposed to be doing. It's about 
do I do I love the Lord and do I trust that when I give my life to Him, I'm going to be more fulfilled than than if I chose anything else. Yeah. And so. That's what, that's what we're trying to do here at the University of Mary is help students ask that first question. If he called me, would I go? And until that, the answer to that question is yes, we need to build up uh, our, our encounters with the Lord. Learn, learn to know what it's like to trust him, what it's like when he gives uh, himself to us and when we can fully receive that. Uh, so that's what, that's what we're trying to do here. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, just beautiful is... is Maybe wowza is a, a better <laughs> word because, you know, I just, I hope all our listeners are, are as touched as we are here today just because we've had some great young adult stories that, you know, as us as parents and, and, and with me knowing you, Ed, as a youth minister to my children um, way back and, you know, just... It's enlightening to know that um, what the power of prayer can do in, in getting closer to God. I mean, it, it is the way, the truth, and the light, honestly. So yeah. thank you, Marianne. We greatly appreciate your story, everything you do out here. Love love working with you. So thank you again. Thank you so much for having yeah. me. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, we are getting ready for a break here. Um, uh, Aaron, I think we need you to give us the um, the next information on our next show. On the next Real Presence Live, Thursday at 9 a.m. Central, your host will be Father Jason Luffer and Father James Gross, coming to you live from Grand Forks. We'll start our show with a book review of The Count of Monte Cristo with Father Slattery and Nancy Gord. Then get your questions prepared because we'll be having another segment of Straight Talk where you can ask us anything. All this and more is coming to you on the next Real Presence Live, Thursday at 9 a.m. Back to you. Thank you, Aaron. Appreciate that. Sounds like an exciting show. Yeah. Yeah. We the just... Count of Monte Cristo, that's fun. <laughs> I kind of want to. I want to hear that show. Yeah, see, yeah. and if if you know if you miss the show and you can't listen to us, remember we do have the app with the yep. podcast on there, which is great. You know, a free app. Um, real, um, it's RPR. So if you need to download that free. Again, we had a great show today, Ed. Appreciate you co-hosting with me. Um, I will be here with um, a booth for Real Presence Radio. So stop by. Um, we are going to have some cool giveaways and stuff. Nice. If you want to. Um, visit with me too about if you have a, a great story um, as well, you know, that you'd like to share with listeners, um, you know, just visit with me and we will uh, talk to you about that. And That sounds great. Yeah. Do you have any other shout out information for your group out here? Uh, anytime I'm on, I just try to end the same way. I'm grateful for Real Presence Radio. You know, you're mentioning the app. The reason that I have the app on the phone is because we couldn't have done the first state north dakota state march for life without real oh, presence radio yes you know that was during covid and the reason we did what we did was because we couldn't send our students to uh to the nation's capital and the high schools couldn't go and so we tried to figure out a way to do that and we and we did but it was only in partnership with real presence radio because all those people who couldn't come to the capital uh, were able to listen online and that i had been on before uh in different shows to pr stuff because you guys do a great job of letting us tell our story but that collaboration, that partnership on the North Dakota March for Life, it's continued every year, mm -hmm. right? And, yeah. and so we tell people, if you can't join us in the Capitol, join us on the app. Uh, and so I'm grateful. Uh, this was fun. This yeah, was a good show. Yeah, thank it was, you. It was yes. Uh, but I'm also just grateful for um, 
your willingness to help us. You can hear from the students that were here today the great stuff that's going on. Absolutely. Right? And it's fun to get to tell that story. Like the university is a, is an amazing place, yeah. unique in many ways. Yeah. Uh, and so thanks for partnering with us, letting people know that, and helping people know about this event. So those who want to bring their kids so they can plant the idea early. Maybe I have a vocation yeah. to religious life. You know, if there's a mom or dad in the area that want to stop by tomorrow for their own kids, uh, we'd love to have them here. Yeah, absolutely. Very nice. Yeah. Well, thank you again for listening to us. Do you want to end in a prayer, Ed? Ed? Love to. I think that'd yeah. be great. Absolutely. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Father, we thank you for this time together and for the great stories of vocations in Colin and Morgan and uh, Marianne, the, the work that you're doing in the lives of our students. We pray for the event again tomorrow, for the travel of all our vocation reps, and for our diocese, and for those dioceses that aren't as blessed as we are, for those that need uh, vocations. God, we, we praise you, we thank you, and we trust you. Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Ed. You're welcome. Thank, Thank you for staying with us. Join us again um, on Thursday for Real Presence Live. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation.